this city, burned to the ground over a century ago, has risen as something new. Always making and remaking its own story. Built from the ground up, the spirit of battle is in our bones. Before he built the most dominant team to ever play in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, W.C. Gordon created a timeless symbol. Six lines, three bold letters, a hand-drawn sketch on the back of a napkin thrust into history. As bold as our city and as mighty as the river that shapes our state, the block insignia is inextricable from our storied legacy. A red accent for the ages. We wear it to remember our legends and to celebrate the fierceness of our survival story. His team won 28 straight SWAC games and captured eight SWAC championships in a single decade. No team has had an era more dominant. No team won as consistently as the Mac of the SWAC. The red of battle is in our bones, not just in contests with our most heated rivals, but for the martyrs of our yard and for the Jacksonians who marched against fear to topple Mississippi's tallest ghosts. The red was worn by our greatest teams and raised as the banner for JSU. This year, it returns as an official nod to glory days and a flash forward to a new era of dominance. For the champions on the diamond and the gridiron, on the courts and the lanes, blue and white will always be our true colors. Gordon Red is an accent for the ages. Tiger fans, welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and turn on those notifications so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us everywhere you find podcasts, whether it be the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcast app, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, so on and so on. So be sure to follow the show and tell every Tiger that you know. And remember, when you support Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, it all helps the cause, which is the I love jackson state university and of course football is back and you know that bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads and totals from the nfl and college football right at your fingertips with bet online's real-time updates on stats news and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, it is finally here home opener at the vet we've been on the road for it seems like two months and we finally get a home game and coming over to jackson to help us break in the vet for 2023 familiar folks still new to the conference but a familiar photo those bethune cookman wildcats and joining me to tell us all about this program is the play-by-play voice of the bethune cookman wildcats none other than mike trurillo welcome to tiger talk with the 1400 club thank you for having me all right how's everything going 
It's uh, it's going well. Team's uh, in good spirits. I just had a practice this morning, and uh, we're ready to head on over to Jackson tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, safe travels. Definitely. Uh, we, we know that's a, it's a long journey. Obviously, you, since you joined the SWAC, you have to travel a little bit further for some games. So we definitely would wish you safe travels as you pick the trip over to Jackson. But uh, if we look at your season so far, I know it's early, but uh, one and two on the season with losses at Memphis and at Miami and then a win over Savannah State. So has it been difficult to gauge where BCU is as a team having played two FBS opponents, which is kind of strange sometimes as, as FCS schools and you know, SWAC schools, we, we may play that one FBS opponent, but you guys already have two early on in the season, both on the road. And then you had a division two game sandwiched in between. So has it been kind of difficult to gauge where you're at? Yeah, of course, especially on the offensive side, because you're playing two really high caliber defenses, especially Miami last week, where once we'll talk about this later, I'm sure once we got down to our, our third string quarterback, we mm -hmm. couldn't we couldn't really move the ball, only scored seven points. And that was late on against the backups. And then, of course, we didn't get an offensive touchdown against Memphis in week one. So it's really hard to judge on that end. But what you can kind of judge is the defensive side. And I think Bethune-Cookman, despite some of those lopsided FBS scores, has played pretty well defensively. They've made hmm. some pretty good quarterbacks uh, for Memphis and especially Tyler Van Dyke at Miami look a little pedestrian at times. We've made them scramble with our front seven, made them move out of the pocket, make some errant throws. So I think that's going to really the one thing that you can tell from the first couple of games. Wow. So let's talk about it. Our new coach, obviously, we want to start right there at the top. Coach Raymond Woody, and he's an alumnus and former standout player who played professionally, and he's been an assistant at a number of Power 5 programs. So talk about his pedigree and what he brings to this program. So after other offseason drama that we will not get into, uh, Raymond Woody was, was named okay. head coach, and uh, his job is to stabilize the program. Obviously, Bethune-Cookman last two years has gone two and nine each of the, mm -hmm. each of the past two seasons. And his job is to get a group of players in, have them in for a couple of years and start what he does best recruiting. He has a three time recruiter of the year in the ACC, the AAC and the Pac-12. So he knows how to get guys into the program. He knows how to use the portal effectively. And I think if the program lets him kind of work his magic a little bit, we can see a really good Bethune-Cookman team a couple years down the road. Mm -hmm. And the, the old adage is the team takes on the personality of the coach. So with him being new to the swag, in terms of being a coach, we don't know what to expect, but what's the personality? What would you say his personality is? And what would that ideal identity of a Coach Woody team be? I would say uh, he, he's got this sort of intense calm about him. And that may seem like an oxymoron, but when you're around him, he's got this kind of low, mellow, kind of gravelly voice, doesn't really raise his voice too much, but he's got that intensity where every word he says, you, you hang on it, and it means something. And mm -hmm. I think the players from what I've talked to and the staff of whom I've talked to have really kind of bought into his vision for the program. And I know you guys didn't have a head coach on, you talked about recruiting, but you didn't have a head coach, ironically, on National Signing Day. And Coach Woody was announced five days later. So he was really behind the eight ball when it came down to recruiting. And then, of course, the early signing period in December, not having a coach either. But he was able to bring in, I think, about 30 or so players to really revamp this roster. 14 of those recruits were FBS or FCS transfer. So I know you mentioned it, but talk about his recruiting efforts so far since he's taken over. Well, I mean, 
he's done a heck of a job getting some guys in, right? And there are some guys that haven't even played yet. I'm mentioning Cameron Ransom is a name we won't see this week, but he's a quarterback transfer from Georgia Southern. We're still working out some transfer eligibility things with him, but he is going to be QB1 when he hits the field. Uh, we're really wow. excited about him. Um wow. Yeah, a couple of other guys, Walter Simmons, who will be at quarterback this week, a transfer from East Carolina, and a couple of other big guys as well. But really utilizing the transfer portal just to get a kind of quick rebuild to build a team in the summer, in that window. Like our starting quarterback before he went down, Luke Sprague, was a uh, one of those summer transfers. He arrived in July, wasn't even on campus for spring practice. So he's been really aggressive and trying to get guys in and trying to get guys that can compete. You talked about him being a great recruiter. He's been known for that or as that throughout his career as just a, a premier recruiter. And he's had seven players that he's personally recruited who have gone on to get drafted into the NFL. So how pleased was this fan base overall with the hire and bringing back one of their own? It's a little tough to judge, right? Because, it's a results business, right? You can talk mm. a good game, you can bring mm. guys in, but if you're not getting results on the field, the fan base isn't going to be very happy. And we haven't really played enough games where we sh are supposed to be competitive to kind of gauge that. But from talking to people around the campus and talking to some of the people I work with in the sports information office, we are very uh, pleased with where the direction of the program is headed. So, so optimistic, would you say? Yes. And, uh, you know, there were some rough times in between the dismissal of Coach Terry Sims and hiring of Coach Woody. Uh, we, we saw it play out on TV and through the social media. You know, we said we're not going to talk about it. We won't. But how well would you say the program has bounced back and, and moved on from that period under AD uh, Reggie Theus's leadership? I think incredibly well. Right. And uh, one of the main things that a lot of people said we were going to lose with that offseason drama is a lot of money coming in and mm -hmm. donors and all of that. But uh, we just broke ground on a brand new practice facility that's going to yeah. be on campus. And if you've never been down to Daytona Beach, the, the stadium where we play at is is city owned and it's about a 20, 30 minute drive from campus. So that's where the players have been going every day to practice there and back. They have to bust them there and back. But once that new mm. practice facility is done, the, it'll be on campus right next to the athletic training center. Um, and there's a couple of other academic projects going on around the school as well. So uh, I think that from that sense, it's going well. So having the bus back and forth to practice has been the norm? Yes. Wow. Every day. Wow. And there is a, a field on campus, but they mostly reserve that for walkthroughs. Wow. So how refreshing is that going to be for the guys to be able to just walk right out of their dorm and go practice and go oh, hit the shower? I'm sure it's going to be going to be great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So let's take a look at this Bethune-Cookman Wildcat ball club. You talked about the quarterback, but uh, BCU has had three different quarterbacks play this season, Sprague, Bethea, and Simmons. Uh, Bethea was, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was expected to lead the team this year, but Sprague, I think, won the battle in camp and then got injured. And then Simmons replaced Sprague in the Miami game. So just kind of talk us a little bit more about where you're at with that quarterback situation and then looking to bring in a guy who is expected to be the number one guy. So it's actually more complicated than you just okay. mentioned. So okay. Walter Simmons actually got the start and played the majority of the game against Memphis. 
Sprague okay. came into the fourth quarter and completed a couple passes in, in dead time. Then Simmons started again against Savannah State, but after it was 0-0 going into the second quarter, Luke Sprague came in and, of course, put up 31 points in three quarters, and we were very happy with him. Then Sprague started against Miami, and on the first drive of the game, he got injured. Okay, wow. Then Bethea came in, played two and a half quarters, and got injured early in the fourth, so Simmons came back in, and he actually scored the only touchdown we got against Miami. So it, it's been a wild ride under center so far this season. Well, kudos to you for remembering all that and being able to spit it out right there on the spot because I, I know that's confusing. I know you guys, are, the team is looking forward to just some stability at quarterback. Do you feel as though that has hindered the offense? Um, Yes, I believe it will. We have a very talented stable of running backs mm-hmm. uh, who we do lean on a lot to try and get yards up the middle and try and set up the passing game. Walter Simmons is a, a runner himself. He's got uh, a bunch of yards on the ground. I think that's maybe his more effective weapon than, than passing the ball. But, um, yeah, we're going to utilize the ground game a lot, and then we're going to utilize uh, passes to quick to get our receivers in open space because we've got a lot of speed on the on the edge as well. So tell us about this offense a little bit more, and especially with the your new look offense this season under the new offense coordinator who also serves as a quarterback coach. He was very successful at the Division three level, so what does he bring to the table? Yeah, Joe Gerbino, former offensive coordinator at Utica up in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah it, we haven't shown a lot, and I think that's by design. We've been very conservative, especially in the FBS games. Don't want to put a lot of stuff up on film. Um mm-hmm. But you can you could see the difference when Luke Sprague came in. They were willing to kind of put four and five wide and let him use his arm a little bit and try and get those receivers open for more downfield stuff. Sprague threw two touchdown passes against Savannah State, and then of course once he got hurt, we kind of shut it down again. A lot of a lot of quick slants, a lot of runs, a couple of jet sweeps in there. I think we will start to see them open the playbook up a little bit against Jackson State as we get into conference play. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a couple guys, especially in that running back room, but who are some of the key or impact players on offense? Who are those guys who, as a Jackson State fan, we can expect to hear their name? So I'll give you one at running back and one at wide receiver. Uh, The running back to watch out for is Juvensley Bazool, transfer from Washington State, all all the way on the other side of the country. Um, But he has, he's our only 100 yard rusher right now. And he's got our two rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, real quick, evasive guy, great balance, can stay on his feet through contact. So you'll see him get a majority of carries out of the backfield. And then at wide receiver, uh, Dakari Allen Johnson, he wears number two. He'll be the main guy to watch out for. He has our two receiving touchdowns on the season as well. Uh, shortest guy on the team at 5'7", but he can go up and high point some balls. He can make mm. low catches at the hips and kind of turn in space. Uh Kind of unassuming athletically, but he'll beat you with his speed if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then looking over at the other side of the ball, new defensive score. Well, everybody, you know, everybody's new. With the everybody's new. new. <laughs> defensive coordinator, Robert Wimberly. And he's highly experienced as a defensive coach. He has seven conference championships on his resume. Very impressive. He's coached at multiple levels. So talk about the type of defensive coach he is. Well, I mentioned it right at the top of the show. I think the defensive front is the best unit we've got in terms of like in terms of pass rush and in terms of making passers uncomfortable, which is going to be really important this week because you guys have one hell of a quarterback room over there. Um, but some names to watch out for. Eddie Walls, really great defensive end. Adrian Hall on the other side of the defensive line. And then Amari Jones, who has the standout play 
for uh, the Wildcats on either side of the ball this season with his uh, interception return for a touchdown against Memphis in week one. And you mentioned us having a quarterback. You've been doing your homework for this game as the person who's going to call the game. So your assessment of Jackson State, what are you seeing? Explosive on offense. Very explosive. Can put up a lot of points, can put up a lot of big yards. Extremely athletic, both at running back and at wide receiver. Uh, You're going to give a lot of teams problems if they're not willing to double team some receivers. So, I mean, you sound like, uh, were you a coach as well in the past? You no, like I've just called now. a lot of football. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and put that, that coach ahead on. It, it, if you're coaching this Bethune-Cookman Wildcat team, and you, obviously you scouted Jackson State now, if you're the coach, in your opinion, for Bethune-Cookman to leave Jackson with the win, what would you say they'll need to do on the field? I think defensively, you're going to have to drop guys into coverage. You're going to have to double team some receivers. I'm thinking of guys like Rico Powers, who's leading the SWAC in receptions right now, and Kobe Paul and Isaiah Spencer as well. Right, You're going to have to give up something on the inside. We like to play 3-4 a lot with the two outside linebackers almost playing nickels or second corners in that kind of system. So it's really going to be up to the middle linebackers and keep an eye on the guy, Dearest Thomas, who's our leading tackler in the middle linebacker spot. They're going to have to do a good job stopping the run before it gets to the second level. Because if you drop more guys in coverage like that, it's really on your linebackers to stop the run. Because if you've only got three down linemen like we like to play, it's going to be tough for them to stop the run. Wow. Wow. So you have my vote for Coach Woody putting you on the staff. That definitely sounds like <laughs> Coach. So uh, if you see me this weekend, if you hear someone saying, hey, Coach Trillo, that's me, call you Coach. So but no, great job, great assessment. Again, looking forward to the game. Wish you guys uh, safe travels, and I'm looking forward to meeting you as well this Saturday. So we have a 6 o'clock kickoff night game. We love our night games at the vet. First game, first home game of the season, so our crowd will be energetic. We know it's a journey for you guys, but we hope that you can bring as many fans as possible just to make the atmosphere all that more special. So uh, 6 o'clock, and then for those who can't make it, of course, ESPN+. Plus. So, again, Mike, we appreciate it, and uh, thank you for joining the show. Thank you. It's going to be my my first trip out to the vet. I'm really excited. Okay. All right. Story Stadium. So we, uh, we look forward to hosting you. Thank you, Corey. And thanks for having me on. No doubt. Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club is presented by Bet Online.